While I was praying just then and thinking about, you know, how we all fall on our face sometimes and say, get back up. Um, Friday night, I had to do a wedding yesterday. Yes, I had to do a wedding with Cast on yesterday and Ashton and Brad's wedding. And Friday night as uh, we were rehearsing and a little uh, ring bearer was coming down the, down the aisle, he fell down flat of his face. And you know, and everybody does this, jumps back up, big smile on his face, just comes on down, kind of almost runs up the stairs and then goes by all the, gr the groom and all his groomsmen and just gives every one of them a five as he walks down. So, so, so guys, if you feel like you've blown it, hey, just get back up and go find somebody to high five and let's just keep going, all right? So let's talk about Dead Men Tell No Tales. That's the subtitle of this movie and just talk about what that means. It's an old, old phrase, you, your pirates would say it like, you know, that if uh, you want somebody to not tell a tale or to tell a secret, you kill them because that's the one way to make sure that they don't tell what they know. So if you got something you need to keep a secret, you know, you just kill them. Um, now, Captain Salazar in the movie, he, um, he's actually dead, okay? Now, this is, this is fantasy, okay? This isn't a true story, all right? He is dead, um, <laughs> so yeah, in case you didn't know that. Uh, but he sends word, and you saw it there at the end of the little trailer we, we played just a few moments ago. He sends word to Jack Sparrow that he hates him. Now, he has to send word because he tells Henry to go tell him because he can't, because dead men tell no tales. He can't go talk to Jack Sparrow himself. And Captain Salazar, uh, if, if you caught it in the trailer, he is trying to rid the oceans and the sea of pirates and so every time he, he comes across a pirate ship he he wipes everybody out on the pirate ship except for one he kills all the pirates except for one and the reason he saves one is so that they can tell the tale because if he kills them all dead men tell no tales and they can't tell it's captain salazar that's doing this okay so a little bit of background about what that means it's like dead men tell no tales there's nothing else you can say after you're dead it's over it's done okay so hang on that if you will, because it sounds a little depressing, doesn't it? Okay, well, hang on. We're going, it might be just a little more depressing here for just a second, okay? This week in the, the Bible Project, we were reading from the book of Ecclesiastes. And incidentally, if you're not reading with us, great time to jump in. We started Jeremiah yesterday. You can go back to yesterday's Facebook page and find it and start with us. This is awesome. We were reading this week, though. We read uh, the book of Ecclesiastes, I think in two days, because it's very, very short. And we read it really, really quick. But, and, and I've never read Ecclesiastes all the way through that quick. Like, and it's just like, wow. And I was, it was really, really depressing, wasn't it? I mean, you know, like Ecclesiastes, like here's basically what you get out of it. Uh, next slide, Kevin, for me, if you will. That time is limited, we're all gonna die, and this life is just meaningless. I mean, isn't that about what you get from Ecclesiastes? That, you know, it's all meaningless. Everything is meaningless. What, that's meaningless. And this, this, I thought about this, and this is meaningless. It goes on and on and on. And how discouraging it was. But that, that's one of the reasons I love what they've done with the Bible Project and the videos. We're, we're not just reading Ecclesiastes, but we read Proverbs and Job along with them. And that this video this week about Ecclesiastes, just putting it all in perspective to remind us. And so, you know, that, this is one of the big reasons I encourage you to jump in with us and go back and at least watch the video from this past week. If you didn't read Ecclesiastes with us and just read it and just saw, see this video and just see how it lays that out. Because here is really, that's, that's not the message of Ecclesiastes. That's what it sounds like on the surface. But here's the real message of Ecclesiastes is that life is fleeting. Okay, now that's, that's still a little discouraging, but okay, I understand what you're trying to tell me here now. Time is marching, just steady. It's marching, guys. The clock never stops. It will be over one day sooner than you want it to be over. And when your life is over, 
They will write the end over it and nothing else for all eternity. The end will be over your earthly life. There's nothing else you can do beyond that. Now, that does sound still a little depressing, doesn't it? That's not what this is meaning. It's not, it's not to be depressing. It's to be a wake-up call, guys. This is what we have right now, today. Not tomorrow. You're not promised tomorrow. You have today. You know, this is, this is one of the reasons I take so seriously every single message I bring to you. Today, I get to talk to fathers. Today, I get to talk to dads. I've got a, a sermon for dads. And you know what? When it is over, I don't get to come back up and, hey, say, y'all come back. I got something I, I really need to add to that. This is it. When we say amen and we go home, next week's not going to be about Father's Day if we get to come back next week, you know, if all of us are here. I don't get this chance again. This is it. And guys, in the same way, this is the day you have. This is the moment. Right now with your kids, your kids are growing older every single second. I mean, you're going to turn around and they're going to, they're going to be old, they're going to be gone, they're going to be having their own kids and everything. This is it, and we have to take advantage of this moment, not the moments coming, but this moment, this day, this time. That's what Ecclesiastes is really trying to tell us. Okay, next slide for me, Kevin. Uh, Ecclesiastes 11.3 says, whether a tree falls to the south or to the north, in the place where it falls, there it will lie. Now, unless you got some crazy person around your house that's going out in the woods and moving trees around after they fall, right? To just move them around. A tree falls and it lays right where it falls. It's not gonna, it doesn't get up and move around on its own. It's done. When that tree dies, there is nothing else. And you know, uh, the wind is not going to blow it around. I mean, it's not going to happen. It's going to stay just like that. That's the message of Ecclesiastes. When this is over, guys, it's over. So you want to make sure when, when it falls, when it ends, that it ends like you want it to end. That, you know, everything that needs to be done is done and it is and it's taken care of. Next slide for me, Kevin. So... At the end of your life, you won't say, maybe, maybe you've heard this, okay? If only I'd spent more time at the office. You know, nobody says that when they're done. You know, and I, I actually Googled this uh, this week and, and ran across a lot, of, a lot of people who are still fairly young, and they're saying, you know what? No, I think people do say that because they're still in this mode of, you know, we got to get all we can get. We got to do all we can. We got to work. And they're saying, no, I think there are going to be people that are going to die and say, oh, I just should have spent more. No, people don't do that. I mean, I've got 20-something years of pastoral experience. I've been deathbed sides, you know, a lot of times. And listen, nobody is regretting that they didn't spend more time at the office in meetings or on sales calls. I know those things are important to provide for your family, but nobody regrets that they, they didn't do more or that I, I wish I'd spent more time on the computer reading Facebook. Nobody says when they die, oh, I wish I had just read Facebook a little bit more. Or wish I'd spent more time gaming. You know, nobody says that. Or, or the next one. Uh, at the end of your life, you're not going to say, I wish I'd made more money or bought one more. You fill in the blank. You know, whatever it is that you're accumulating, whatever it is that you're amassing, nobody gets to the end of their life and says, I, if, if I'd have just gotten one more of those, that's not the thing. You know, or even making more money, that's not the thing. You know, and Ecclesiastes just keeps pointing this out to us is, is because all this is like meaningless because you're going to leave your money, you're going to leave all your possessions to somebody else that doesn't even care. They don't care about what you went through to, to gain all that. They don't care about all the stuff that you've got. They, they, they didn't sweat for it. They didn't bleed for it. They didn't work for it. And so it doesn't matter anything to them. So it's meaningless. Nobody gets the end of their life and says that. So at, at, next, at the end of your life, you're not going to say, I made too many friends. 
You're not going to say, I gave away too many hugs. You're not going to say, I said I love you too many times. Nobody says that. So you, you need to be doing all that you can right now, making as many friends, giving away as many hugs, saying I love you as many times as I can. Uh, next one, uh, at the end of your life, you're not going to say I spent too much time with my spouse and kids. Again, I've never been at anyone's deathbed that said I spent too much time with my family. No one. No, I've never heard anyone say that. Now, there may be some people right now say, you know, I'm spending too much time with my family, not working hard enough. You may be thinking that right now, but you are not going to think that when you get to the end of your life. And lastly, at the end of your life, you're not going to say, we made too many memories. You know, if you can't make another memory today, this is Father's Day. Hey, Dad, it's your day. They ask you, it's your day. Tell them, make a memory. You know, whatever it can be, make a memory. Because this day that you have right, you don't promise tomorrow. This may be it. It may be over. So make the memories today. You you got you got to choose what this going. You know, when 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 you fall, your tree, your life falls. You got to choose how you want that thing to be lying because it's going to be lying like that for the rest of your life. Next slide. See this. Um, and I'm sorry. This is from. um, let me set this up. This is Chris Wallace, Fox News anchor. His dad, Mike Wallace, who is pretty much synonymous with 60 Minutes, he died at the age of 93, and not long before he died, Chris was interviewed, and he said this about his dad. The interesting thing is he never mentioned 60 Minutes. It's as if it didn't exist. It's as if that part of his memory is completely gone. The only thing he really talks about is family. Me, my kids, my grandkids, his great-grandchildren. There's a lesson there. This is a man who had a fabulous career and for whom work always came first. Now he can't even remember it. If you back up two sentences, he says there's a great lesson there that the thing he thought was the most important, today he can't even remember it. You know, and, and, and I've, been around, I've been around a lot of Alzheimer's and dementia patients, and you know what? It's the truth there. You know, they, they, don't, they don't talk about work. They, they talk about maybe some things that happen at work. They don't talk about those things. They don't talk about accolades of this. They do. They talk about family. They talk about friends. That's what's going to matter. Guys, we, we've got to refocus. I mean, this is, this is truly a generation. I mean, I, I, I tell you that as a, as a counselor who connects with its guys in the church. I'm telling you that this is a generation more so than probably any before of of a disconnect between fathers and sons and and even fathers and daughters. And our kids desperately need us, guys, to do the reconnect. Okay, so let me take take you somewhere else. And I think my next slide is is about Henry, right? Henry Turner? Uh, Yeah, okay. So Henry Turner. Henry Turner is this little boy. And and as as the movie begins... We see Henry Turner, and actually, I missed it. I, di- I, didn't, even, I didn't see it. I, I'm reading an article later after I, I, I see the movie, and uh, it, says, it says that the movie opens with the little boy in his room, and, and he's got this, uh, he's got this uh, poster, this hand, hand-drawn poster, obviously, that says Father's Curse on it. And so I had to ask Brent, you know, I said, I didn't see that. Is that the way the movie opened? And he said, yeah, it was there. It was there. And so I, I didn't even see it. So if you hadn't seen it yet, make sure you see that first moment there because you think, okay, that's, that's probably going to be important this movie. Yeah, it, it kind of is important. You, know, it, you, you pick it up later if you, if you don't quite see it. But it sets the tone that this is what this whole story of Pirates of and Dead, Dead Men Tell No Tales, that's what this whole story is all about for Henry Turner. It is about his father's curse. 
It's about that. And, and, and it sets that up there. And then in the next few scenes, it sets that up. It's about his father's curse. And, and listen, there's, there's a lot of things that are said today in the church world about family curses, generational curses, whatever you want. And, and some people go way overboard with it. And then some people say, I don't believe in that stuff whatsoever. You know what I've found? I found that truth is normally somewhere in the middle of the two extremes. You know, and, uh, you know, because, you know, whether you, you know, if you don't believe it or not, let me tell you, we're all under a curse the way I read scripture, you know, the curse of sin and the curse of sin brings a lot of other things along with it, you know, because Adam and Eve sin and we are all born into that. We all have that Adamic nature. You know, we, we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God and it brings things along with it. Okay. So whether you, you believe that completely or not, or you go, and you, you don't have to go that far, but just, just understand this. It's, look at it this way. And, and I'll, I'll go ahead and show them to you right here. It's what we need to be doing is we need to be breaking these father curses, the father's curse. Like, and here's some of the alcoholism, you know, like some of you, your families just alcoholism is rampant in your families for generations, you know, the, the preceding generations that, you know, alcoholism has just torn your family apart or, or, or even drug addiction and drug abuse or, uh, or, or abuse, uh, physical abuse, like uh, spousal abuse or, or child abuse or even sexual abuse and incest that runs rampant in some families. And, and when it happens, then it's like, what do you want to call it, a, a curse or not? It's a, it's a learned behavior, and that's what then the kids pick up, and they begin doing it also because it's what they've always had happen to them. Case in point, I had a good friend that, you know, that uh, when, after he got married, one night he called me. He said, I, I need you to go. I got to go, go get some help. I didn't know what he was talking about. He said, I got to go get some help. My wife says, I have to go get some help. And he said, I, I've messed up, and I've got to go get some help. So I get in the car, not really sure everything that's going on as we talk and we go to get him some help. I find out he hit his, he hit his wife, you know? And what I didn't know is growing up, he had seen his dad hit his mom. And so he thought, you know, when he got married and he wanted something, but his wife, you know, didn't do it exactly like he wanted or whatever. If he got angry enough, he would hit his wife, you know? And so what he did, call it a curse or, you know, call it learned behavior, whatever it was, it was passed down to him. And, you know, his dad didn't break the curse. He didn't break the curse, but thank God he had a wife. She broke the curse. She said, you're getting help or I'm leaving you and divorcing you. And so she broke the curse because she was the one that said, this has to end here. So whether you want to call it a curse or learned behavior or whatever, we have these things in our family that we need to deal with, like uh, porn. You know, uh, and, and today, listen, for some of you, you know, uh, uh, for previous, you know, previous decades or whatever, maybe uh, close to my age, older or younger, just a little bit younger, you, you, might, you might realize this, that, that in, in, in our days growing up, most people were introduced to porn by discovering somebody's stash, often a family member, maybe even a dad's stash of pornography, that that was the opening of, of pornography to them. But today, that's not the way it is. Today is so much more dangerous. I mean, but we got it. You've got your cell phone with you. You've got pornography right there in your cell phone. I mean, it's everywhere, all around you. I mean, you know, and and most people today are introduced to pornography not by finding somebody's stack of magazines hidden under a bed or somewhere or something like that, but they are introduced to it because of their father's ignorance 
and apathy. Come on, guys, let's be honest. It's because we, we close our eyes and we say like, well, I don't think it's happening. That's what we want to do. So we want to say, well, I just don't think it's happening in my family. Or I don't think my kids have been introduced to it yet. Or we're apathetic about doing anything about it even when we find out. Guys, we got to step back up. Let me, let me run through this real quick and get to that step up place, okay? Absentee fathers. Some of you have had absentee fathers. Dad wasn't there. Now, some of you had a dad that was physically there, but that was the only, he wasn't really there for you. Or some of you had a dad that he was all this one side and he was absent on the other side. You know, he gave you all of this, but he didn't give you the stuff that you really, really, really need. And like I said, this is a generation that, that has that disconnect with their fathers. And, and, and you know what? Here, I'm not talking to the kids, okay? The teenagers sitting here, the unmarried sitting here. I'm not talking to them right now, other than I'm talking to you about your future, okay? But right now, I'm talking to the dads. I'm not telling the kids, you need to break your father's curse. I'm talking to the fathers and say, you need to break the father's curse. Quit letting stuff like this pass down. Quit letting, if alcoholism is in your family, stand up against it right now. Start praying against it. If there is abuse, if there is porn, if, if, if your dad was absent, and his dad was absent, all that. You need to change things. You break the curse. Don't leave any leftovers for your children to have to deal with after you're gone. Because when you're gone and it's done, then that's what it is. It's leftover for them to handle. Come on, we're the men. We're the men, right? And when we said I do, we weren't just saying, okay, I'll take you to be my wife. When you said I do, you weren't just saying, I want to have sex with you for the rest of my life. When you said I do, you were saying, I accept the responsibility of being the spiritual leader of this home. So guys, come on. It's time we step back up into the place that we committed ourselves to when we said I do and we became a spouse and then later became a dad. It's time we step back up to be the men that we declared what we would be. It's time that we step back into that place and quit being ignorant or quit being apathetic about all the things going around us and take our place as the rightful priests of our home to lead our home to follow after God and destroy the, the, the curses or the learned behavior that continues to destroy generation after generation in our home. Can I get an amen with that? It's time for us to get back there, Dad. That's what we're called to be. And that's what you agreed to do when you said, I do. And if you didn't know that and you hadn't said, I do yet, Learn that before you say I do. Learn that that's what you're saying when you say I do. Next slide. Make sure that you don't go into that without. So let me introduce you to this last person before we close. If you've never seen Pirates of the Caribbean, let me introduce you to Karina Smith. If you've seen Pirates of the Caribbean but you haven't seen this one, let me introduce you to her because Karina is a new character in uh, this number five installment of the movies in the series. Karina Smith did not know her dad. She had never met her dad. She didn't know who he was. But he left her one thing. He left her a diary that didn't even belong to him. It wasn't even his diary. But he left her a diary that held a secret that was the key to the map no man can read. And, you know, when I, when I got to thinking about that, I thought, ooh, what, what a great point for the sermon right now. Is even though her dad couldn't be there for her, her dad still was able to leave something. And what a powerful thing he left. He left something that was the key to the map no man could read. Okay, now, uh, if you're not putting two and two together here, I'm, talking about, I'm relating this to the Bible. 
I'm relating a dad who passes down this, this ability to, to take this book in hand and begin to see. Because, you know, you and I, see, here's this thing, is, is you and I, yeah, when, when we're dead, it's done. But there's something else that can happen even beyond that. We need to be passing down into our kids this ability to understand and reason and see and discover things that go beyond our, even our own understanding. You know, I'm talking about spiritual legacy here, okay? You know, because dead men tell no secrets either, right? And, and this, this, this uh, diary held a secret, but dead men tell no secrets. But this diary told a secret even beyond, and she had never even met her dad. And the diary told the secret even later. And, and you know, a, a lot of times, you know, like, like pirates, they might say dead men tell no secrets because, you know, you know a secret, I'm gonna kill you because I don't want you to tell anybody the secret. Because there are a lot of bad secrets, right? And, and you know, you may know people that, that know some bad secrets of your past and like, thank God, you know, they're, they're not around here to tell the secrets. But there are also good secrets, aren't there? And we know these secrets, guys. Come on, Dad. We know these secrets. We know secrets that maybe we don't have all the keys and all the answers, but we know some secrets to life and to love, to finances, and maybe, even, maybe we don't follow them all the time, but we know some secrets to success. And we must find ways to pass these on. And even more than anything, we need to pass on the secret to eternal life through salvation in Jesus Christ. And you and I, we, we, we have these, we know these secrets. And, and if we don't make the connect and we don't give them on, then we're not passing along the very, very most important. You know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about spiritual legacy. I'm talking about spiritual legacy. What, what is it that you're gonna pass on? How to, how to grow a big company, how to grow a big bank account, or, or how to have a strong spiritual family. You, you've got to make the decision. What's it going to look like, Dad, when you're gone? And, and, and the only things you've been able to leave is maybe some existential stuff almost, you know, just this Bible that you see, because you and me, we don't understand the things of this world and the things of the universe and life. We don't really understand that. But when we can give the legacy of the Bible, the Word of God, then we put it in the hands of our kids the understanding that, that they can begin to, and God leads them to it because, I mean, you know, the Bible by itself is, is, a, is a book no man can understand, like that map no one could read. But with God, God can explain and understand. So let, let me show you just a little bit here what I'm talking about. And this is in Hebrews chapter 11, verse two, uh, verse four, I'm sorry. It was by faith that Abel, remember Abel? Uh, he was the first, <coughs> the first person ever killed in the Bible. Uh, his brother Cain killed him. It was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. Now, God told them he wanted a blood sacrifice. Well, Cain, he just took the easy way out. He raised crops, so he just brought his crops. And he could have traded his crops for a live animal like God asked him to, but he would never do it, okay? So Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man, and God showed his approval of his gifts because Abel did what was right. He did what was obedient to God. God said, do this, and Abel did it. So that showed his obedience, which showed his faith. And so now, although Abel is long dead, he still speaks to us by his example of faith, okay? So even though Abel is long, how long? When this was written, Abel had been dead for thousands of years. This was written nearly 2,000 years ago. Abel has been dead for thousands of years, but he still speaks to us how? Through the legacy that he left. 
And he didn't even have any kids. When he was killed, he didn't have any kids to pass it down. But still, he left a legacy. You and I today, we're talking about Abel and his legacy of obedience and his legacy of following God. He had this, even though, and it went way past his years because his years were cut short because his, his own brother murdered him. But the legacy, guys, we have to decide, what is your legacy? What is your legacy? You know, I've, I've, we've, we've got to um, skip back to a, a don't, we, don't we have a skip back to a, a slide that we missed earlier? If you don't know where I'm going, I'll, I'll, I'll just jump on ahead here, okay? Hebrews chapter 11, verse four then. Uh, with, with, with Abel killing Cain, he had to decide, and his legacy was already there. And you know, and here's, here's one of the points of, here's one of the points of this thing with, with the legacy, guys, is if we wait to decide at the last minute what kind of, we're never gonna create the legacy. Abel had no idea how much time he had left on the earth. His legacy was he did right. Not that he chose to change things up. His legacy was that he did right. So can, can you jump back to, um, um, can you jump back to the eulogy thing, the eulogy slide? Yeah, there we go. You will not deliver your own eulogy. Did you know that? You won't deliver your eulogy. When you die, you won't be there. So you can't retell your life. You can't put a spin on it, guys. You know that, that, that fish you, you, you caught that every time you tell the story it gets bigger? You know, when you die, that fish cannot get any bigger. You know, whatever your stats were in high school, you know, they, they, you can't make them any better. Whatever your record was, you, you can't make it any better. You can't do that. It's over, guys. When, when, when your tree falls in the forest and it's dead, it's over. You can't go any further than that. But let's take those little cute things just a little deeper, okay? You can't make yourself more honorable. You won't be there to say, oh, I, I, was a, I was a much honor, more honorable man than you guys remember. No. It's not going to be that way. You can't make yourself more loyal. You can't make yourself more committed. You can't tell everyone that you were more available. You were more present. No one's going to get up and say, hey, he was a dad that was always there. If you weren't always there, they can't say, they can lie, but they can't make it so. And you won't be there to say I was present. You won't be there to say I was more caring. You won't be there to say I was more encouraging. So today, Guys, decide what your legacy is going to be. You have to decide. Is it the stuff? Is it the toys? Is it the things? You have to decide what is your legacy going to be. I want to, do, I want to give you that one last verse, but I want to give it to you after we move to the front. Here's what I want to ask. I want to ask all the dads to stand and come to the front. Join me here at the front, if you will. And everybody, please stand. But just stay at your seats, unless you're a dad. And if you're a dad-to-be and you want to join us, by all means, come join us, okay? Whatever that means to you. If you're, you're going to be a dad and uh, you want to join us, please come join us. Come on, dads. Let's gather around. Okay, so Hebrews chapter 12, verse 23 and 24 you know this curse thing we were talking about, okay? If it is that, if it really is a curse, is there anything stronger than a curse? Oh no, man, maybe be worried about that. Is there anything strong? Absolutely. Is there anything stronger than my sin? Absolutely. 
Is there anything stronger than all the mistakes I've made raising my kids? Anybody made any mistakes raising the kids? Okay, I just want to make sure it wasn't just me. Is there anything stronger than that? Absolutely, and I want to tell you about it, okay? I mean, Abel, just by being the man he was supposed to be, left a legacy that speaks thousands of years later. But look what the next chapter in Hebrews says, chapter 12. You have come, this, this isn't, you're going to have to literally think about this, guys, okay? This isn't ABCs right here, but this is written beautifully. You have come to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to his sprinkled blood. Okay, it's talking about his blood, the sprinkled blood. And to his sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. That if Abel's word through his blood through his legacy, through his obedience, through his faith, if it could speak for thousands of years after his death, what this verse right here says, these two verses say, that the blood of Jesus is able to speak an even greater word than that. That, that Abel's word, his blood, can speak for thousands of years, but Jesus Christ's blood will speak for eternity. It is more powerful than any generational curse or any learned behavior, whatever you want to call it in your family. It is more powerful than every sin you have ever committed. And it is even more powerful than all those mistakes you've already made trying to raise your kids. And some of you may think, well, it's just, it's just too far gone. I've just, you know, they're, they're already raised and got their own kids and I'm a granddad or a great granddad. You may think, well, it's just too late. It is never too late. Because the interesting thing about that movie, Dead Men Tell No Tales, it's like, that's not really true. You know, it, that really wasn't the message of the movie because it's really not true. I mean, guys are, I mean, Captain Salazar, he's dead. He's still talking, you know? They, he's still telling tales. But you know, that's just a fantasy. This is the real world. And you know what happened? You know what's going on? You know what? It really isn't over when you're dead if you're in God. You know, if you're in yourself, if you're just doing the things on your own, yeah, it's gonna pretty much be over when you, but if if you're in Christ Jesus, it goes beyond the death. And I'm talking, about, I'm talking about, yes, your eternal life, but I'm talking about the legacy you're going to leave with your family, with your kids, the ones coming along. And guys, no matter how many mistakes you've made, and no matter how late it seems to be in life for you, it's still not too late because that blood is more powerful than any blood, anything, anything that you've ever, every mistake you've ever made. So let me ask, let me ask families, if you will come and join and just get around and guys, if you have to spread out just a little bit, that's good. Let your families, if you've got a dad down here or a brother or, you know, or a granddad down here, come just gather around with them, okay? Because I want, I want them to pray over you. Come on down, if you will, and get ready. And, and everybody, come on, please, even if your dad's not here. If you want to come down and adopt a dad for the next 10 minutes, you can, okay? But uh, every, everybody come on down and join us for this final prayer, even if uh, you don't have your dad here with you today. And we've got kids and kids' church that aren't able to be right here with their dads. But here's dad, but listen to me. I want you to pray over your family in just a moment, okay? Now listen, everybody's not comfortable praying out loud. Okay, no big deal. So when I say pray over your family, I don't mean you have to do it out loud. Just pray right here if that's what you do, dad. Okay, that's fine. But I'm, say, I'm saying this because I want you to be thinking. I want you to be thinking about not what I've said in this message, but what the Holy Spirit has said to you right here. What, what is it that you felt in here that you need to be really praying about? What is, the, what is the generational curse, the learned behavior, whatever you want to call it, that has destroyed generation after generation in your family, that has wrecked marriages, that has 
broken down men that has led kids into behaviors they should. What, what is it that you need to just pray over right now? And, and don't, just, don't just ask. Don't just ask, say, please do this. Or don't just ask that. Demand it. You're the priest of the home. That's who God made you. Demand it. Say, wait a minute, I'm the priest of this place. Like, I'm pastor here. You know, I speak to, a, you know, I speak to Usher, and they say, no, no, you can't do that. You know, they'll tell somebody, you can't do it. I'm the pastor, right? You're the priest of the home. You need to be speaking those same things over anything going on in your home that shouldn't be going. You need to be, I'm talking about spiritually. You need to be speaking to the spirits in your home. People, whatever is attacking the people in your home, you need to be speaking of the, and demand that stops. Because I'm the priest of this home by the authority of the name of Jesus. I'm priest of that home. don't, Don't just pray, God, I really want this to happen. Pray, God, this needs to happen. And, and, what good needs to start? You know, if you've, if you've got a family member that's dealing with something, speak over that thing right now. Command that thing, stop, and get out of your home, and don't come back, because you're the priest. And you can't come back till they leave your home, because you're the priest of that home. Say that. Pray that. And what good things need to happen? Speak some blessings right now. Speak some blessings. But here's what I also want you to pray, dads. I want you to decide what your legacy is going to be, and start praying that right now, and don't ever stop fin- finish praying that. Pray what you want your legacy to pray over your legacy over your kids and grandkids. Because your, your last day to communicate with them with this mouth is going to be done. So do everything you can right now to lay that groundwork. So bow with me if you will.